So here's the big question. How do everyday people like us who didn't grow up wealthy and were not taught how to be wealthy in school, how are we supposed to learn to think, invest, and grow wealth like the top 1% without compromising our ethics and our values? My name is Jeremy Whaley. That was my big question. This podcast will give you the answers. You're listening to Think Rich Radio. Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Think Rich Radio. I'm your host, Jeremy Whaley, and it is fantastic to be with you as we are about to jump into a continuation of a series of podcasts that I've started working on built on the book, the classic success book, Think and Grow Rich. And I'm really looking forward to getting into the content from today. Now, before we do that, I thought I should probably address an issue that you may or may not have realized was an issue, and that is I've been gone for exactly one month. If you look back and uh, you look at kind of the show log, you'll realize that my last episode was exactly one month ago. At least it was one month ago from this time that I'm recording this one. This is probably not going to go live for a couple of days, so by the time you hear this, it may be slightly more than a month. But uh, essentially, here's what happened. Uh, I, I kind of had some curveballs thrown at me. And, you know, that's the way life works. Sometimes life gives you new opportunities that you didn't see coming. And for me, what that looked like is my business partner of the last 11 years and I have decided to part ways. And the way that ended up working out is I'm going to let him buy me out of the business. Now, that's not necessarily how I would have scripted it if I could write the perfect script. But, you know, sometimes life has a better plan for us. Sometimes life knows better than what we know for ourselves. And in this particular circumstance, I believe that's true. I believe that uh, the path that I'm moving on now and the path for all parties involved is going to be better uh, now that these things are, are transpiring. So if you're hearing this episode, then it means that the deal's done. It means that it's over. I decided that I wouldn't publish any new content until the whole thing was done and we could speak a little bit more freely about it and kind of address some of the issues. Now, I'm not going to talk about it much, but I just wanted to address it. And I think it's quite appropriate that this has coincided absolutely perfectly with this episode, which is addressing the topic of unconditional faith. I don't know if there's ever been a time in my 42 years of life where I have had to face this topic and walk through it personally as much as I am right now, which I guess means you're getting to experience this stuff real time with me because it's the journey that I'm on right now. So welcome aboard. I think it's going to be exciting. I know it's going to be exciting. I also know it's going to be great. And I'm thrilled to have you with me and I'm ready to get going. So let's do it. Like many of you, I spent my entire life going to church, grew up in church, was around the concept of church for my entire life, my my growing up years, my adult life. It's always been part of what we do. And obviously, if you go to church, if you've been to church, then you've heard this term faith. Unfortunately, I don't think our churches do a very good job of really teaching us what faith means because my journey, my personal journey has taught me that faith has different levels. There's a lot of different levels to faith, and there's really only one type of faith that is truly trusting things to work, and I have given that the name unconditional faith. Unconditional faith. Now, if you listen to the last episode, you remember we talked about Think and Grow Rich, and part of the process that Napoleon Hill laid out for achieving the things we want is to get a clear vision of what you want and then back it with absolute certainty, absolute faith that it's going to happen. 
What Napoleon Hill was really talking about is this same concept of unconditional faith. But it's an awkward word. It's not the kind of term that we normally use in Western culture. What does unconditional and faith have to do with each other? Why do we put these two words together? And I'm going to explain that for you here in just a moment. But before we do that, I'd like to tell you a little bit of a story of how I came to understand this concept of unconditional faith. And it had nothing to do with success, and it had nothing to do with Napoleon Hill, but rather it had to do with my deepest desires. So you see, here's what happened. Many years ago, when I was a young child, I grew up fishing on a particular lake here in Nashville that I love. And I went there with my granddad from the time I was about four or five years old, and we would fish this particular creek. And this creek opened up into the main lake, and I loved that spot. I loved to go fishing there. I loved the time with my grandfather. Everything about it was fantastic. It's perfect. And so as I grew up and I became an adult, I would go fishing at the same lake. And every time I was out there, I would think, I sure wish I could buy some property on this lake. But there's not very much of it left because it's you know so expensive now and Nashville's built up so much. And finding some great property on this lake, especially as much land as I wanted, was really a pipe dream. It was just not going to happen. And so I had, for the most part, put it out of my head. But in the back of my head, I told myself this story. I said, if only I could ever find you know, a lot of land. And if it was on this side of the shore, because I want to be able to see the sunset. See, I'm not much of a morning person, but I love sunsets. So I wanted to be able to see the sunset. And... Every time I would go out to the lake, I would just kind of look at these different houses and I'd think, man, that would just be amazing if one day I could find a property like that. And then one day it happened. One day I saw this piece of property for sale and I told my wife, I said, I think that's it. I think that's the type of land that I would like. Now they're asking way too much money for it, but let's go check it out and let's see what we find out. And so we did. We made an appointment with the realtor and we went out to this land. When we got there, we realized that it was absolutely perfect. It was a perfect piece of land. It sat on the right side of the bank, right where you could perfectly see the sunset. No sunrise, just the sunset. It opens up into the expanse of the lake. It's right across from the very creek where I spent my entire childhood growing up fishing with my grandfather. And it was one of those things where once we got there and we looked at it, it said, this is only something that God could have picked out for us. This is perfect. There was just one problem. Financially, this land and this entire deal was like Goliath, and we were like David. It was impossible. We looked at it and we said, there's no way we can pull this off. And it was just raw land. It wasn't even including a house. We're still going to have to build a house. And we said, how can we possibly make this work? And that was my introduction into this concept of unconditional faith. I'll come back and share more about the story of the lake house. But before we get there, I want to talk about love. I know, a little different than faith. But in order to understand unconditional faith, I took this model from understanding unconditional love. And I've come to understand there's four levels of love. And here's what those four levels of love are. The first, most basic level is what we would call just selfish love. It's 100% selfish. I want what I want, and that's what I want. And, you know, that's kind of what babies are. Babies just want whatever you give them, and they're not really giving a whole lot. Very selfish love. There's a love there, but you know it's really one-sided. And that's not the kind of love you can build a real relationship on. Now, we step it up, and we go to the next level of love, which we refer to as horse trading. 
In other words, it's all about equality. I'm going to do this for you if you do that for me. And it sounds kind of, you know, trite because it is, but the truth is most relationships in the world are living more of a horse trading type of love rather than a sincere, unconditional love. And if you think about your own relationships, think about how often you might say to your spouse, if you do this, then I'll do this. And it's really a horse trading rather than saying, I'm going to do this just because it's the right thing for my spouse and I want their needs for me. So that's a horse trading. It's the second level of love. The third level of love is selfless love. And in selfless love, it starts to become all about the other person. His needs are my needs. Her needs are my needs. Whatever your object is, whether it's a him or a her, the other person's needs become your needs because out of love, that's what you're doing. And so it's becoming a very selfless love as compared to horse trading, where it's all about equality. And if we could just get all of the relationships in the world to step up to selfless love, what an amazing step that would be in raising the quality of our relationships. But if we could take it up to the ultimate love, what's the ultimate love? The ultimate love is unconditional love, love without condition. Now, we might have a semblance of unconditional love whenever we think about our children. The love of a parent to a child is very unconditional, at least if you're a halfway decent parent. But the ultimate unconditional love is God's love, looking down and saying, I see all of this and I love all of it with perfection. That's the ultimate level of love. And that's unconditional love. And it's very, very hard for us as humans to understand unconditional love. While it's really hard for humans to understand unconditional love and to practice that, we have a conceptual understanding. We know how we wish to be loved. We know how we wish to be accepted perfectly, exactly like we are, with no conditions forever. That's unconditional love. And as a human who desires unconditional love, we start to understand this term, this word, unconditional. So what I discovered a few years ago in the process of this lake house that we were looking at, this lake property, is that unconditional love is one thing, but what if we're demanded to have some unconditional faith? What if there are levels of faith that parallel the four levels of love? And I discovered that there are, and I'm going to share them with you. The first level of faith is what I call evidence-based faith. In other words, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, that doesn't take a whole lot of faith to believe something that you've already seen. So, for example, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. If I were to say, the Titans don't suck, well, I'll believe it when I see it, right? I don't have a whole lot of faith in that because the history's not been there, and why would I believe that they would be anything different than that? Because it's what I've seen. That's the evidence, right? Now, the second level of faith is what I call conditional faith. Conditional faith says, I will believe it if these conditions are met. And so it might require a little bit more faith, but there's a lot of conditions that come along with that. So, for example, if John shows up, then I'll believe this thing, whatever this thing is. It's a condition. I'm only going to believe if certain criteria are met. That's a conditional type of faith. The third level of faith is what I call third-party validation. In other words, I will believe it because I trust this person 
and this person says it's true. It's really third party. We're trusting something else or someone else. And because this person or this thing says it's true, then we're going to believe it's true. Some examples of this might be, you know, I trust John, and if John says it's true, then I'm going to believe it. Or, as we see in our churches, because I believe the Bible, I trust the Bible's true, therefore, if the Bible says it, then it must be true. That's third-party faith. And third-party validation, third-party faith is something that most humans have a pretty decent time understanding. It's not as easy as evidence-based faith. I mean, obviously, if you see it, seeing is believing, right? (laughs) Yeah, it takes no faith. You see it. It's right there in front of you. Conditional faith, well, you know, it makes sense. If this happens, then that's probably going to happen. Third-party faith is starting to really, you know, take it up a notch here. We're going to have to really start believing. But the fourth level is this unconditional faith. Unconditional faith says this, I believe it even though I have no reference for the belief. I believe it even though I have no reference for the belief. In other words, I believe it just because. Folks, that's unconditional faith. And if we really want the highest quality of life, we have to learn how to embrace unconditional faith. Learning to believe in something we can't see with no evidence, with no condition, and no third-party validation. Learning to believe something is going to happen without condition. Unconditional faith. When we found the lake property, we really wanted it, but we knew there was no way. We knew that it was David versus Goliath, financially speaking. But my wife and I, we got together and we talked about it and we said, you know what? I think there could be a way. It's just not a way that we can see because we have no evidence for how it could work out. We have no conditions. If this happens, then that would happen. We didn't even have any third party validation, but we chose to believe. We said, you know what? We have to believe that there's a way when we can't see a way. Let's choose to believe. And so we decided to do something kind of different. We went out there in the boat and we went right to the piece of property we were looking to buy. And we started taking pictures of the sunset. And we took pictures of the views that we wanted to incorporate into our future life. And we took pictures of the land and we started imagining what it would be like to build our house out there and to be able to live there and to wake up and smell the fresh nature and be able to look at the sunset every day when it goes down across the lake. And we took those pictures and we brought them home and then we started putting them up around the house. And we started to say with intention, this is gonna happen. We believe this is gonna happen. We don't know how, but we believe with the eyes of unconditional faith that there is a way, there must be a way. And wouldn't you know, we found a way. I'm not going to tell you the details of the deal right now, but we found a way. And today we own that land and we're about to start building a house out there. And it's so exciting. But I believe all of that was allowed to happen because we needed to learn what does it mean to have unconditional faith? In fact, that's when I coined this term. During that time, I started walking through the neighborhood that we live in and I would just kind of pray and say, God, thank you that you're building unconditional faith in my life, that you're teaching me what unconditional faith looks like, believing 
even though we don't know how it's going to happen. And here I am a couple of years later, and now we're starting to see why unconditional faith was so important and why it was so important to build those muscles of faith, even when you have no reason to believe. I'd like to introduce you to a man named Dr. Bruce Lipton. If you're not familiar with his work, then you should check out his book, Biology of Belief. Dr. Lipton is a biologist who started studying the impact of faith as it relates to the human cells. And I will sum up some of it for you, but I would encourage you to check him out on YouTube or order by his book, The Biology of Belief. But here's what we discovered. Dr. Bruce Lipton discovered when we believe the chemistry in our body changes, but it can't be a tepid belief. It has to be absolute belief. It has to be unconditional belief, unconditional faith. We have to believe that something's going to happen. And when we start to believe that something's going to happen and we have the intention, the positive intention and the positive expectation behind it, what Dr. Bruce Lipton discovered is the actual cells can't help it. They start to do what we believe we want in our life. It brings in, now some people call it the law of attraction, but Dr. Lipton discovered that there's a lot more science behind it than some random law of attraction. There's an actual biology that now there's a whole study called epigenetics around. And what this study has shown is the more you believe something, the more it is going to happen in your life. And we can prove that for various things, such as the placebo effect. Somebody thinks that a medicine is going to heal them. You can give them a sugar pill and they still get healed because they believed that that medicine was going to heal them. It also works for a negative prognosis. A doctor comes out and says, you have six months to live. And sure enough, what happens? The person dies almost exactly six months after the prognosis says you're going to die in six months. Why is that? An individual chooses to believe something, whether it's true or not, and their biology literally starts to conform to that belief. And what Dr. Lipton discovered is that the thing that we believe the most, the thing that we believe the strongest, is the exact thing that will happen. And we've started to see miracles happen. We've started to see people healed from cancer, people healed from terminal illnesses that the doctors said there was no way to heal from, but when these people chose to believe without condition, unconditional faith, when they chose to believe, their body, it's like it kicked in and it said, we're going to heal. That, folks, is the power of unconditional faith. So if the amount of faith we have determines our outcome, could it be that the reality is anything you want is limited only by the amount of faith you're willing to put behind it? And I believe I'm discovering more and more in my life that that is absolutely true, that whatever it is we want in our life, it is limited only by the amount of unconditional faith we are willing to put behind it. Unconditional faith, faith without reason, faith without justification, just pure faith. I believe this is going to happen and believe it fully. And when we believe it fully, our very cells, our very DNA literally turns on to support that belief. 
And it can happen with me, and it can happen with you, and it does happen with me, and it does happen with you. We're already doing it. Whether we realize it or not, we are already getting the things in our lives that we believe we deserve. We're getting the things in our lives that we believe are going to happen to us. So what if we started to change our beliefs? What if we started to change our beliefs and back it at a level of unconditional? How many things in your life that you wish you could have are right around the corner if only you could change your wishes over to unconditional faith? Unconditional belief that this thing is going to happen. If you want to get anything in life, you have to, number one, know what you want, and then number two, you have to believe it will happen with unconditional faith. That's the two-step process right there. Know what you want and believe it will happen with unconditional faith. Unconditional faith says we look at our present circumstances and we expect the thing that we want. We expect the thing that we wish to happen. But we have to do it with certainty in the face of uncertainty. This is the lesson that God wants me to learn right now. I've been in this business that I'm now leaving for 11 years. It's been a great business. I've enjoyed it. I've loved it. It was my heart and soul. It was my baby. If you asked me, I would never have exited the business in this way. But that would have been my plan. That would have been certain. In fact, I probably stayed a little bit too long in the business because of a little bit too much certainty. One of my mentors used to say, the quality of our life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty that we can learn to comfortably handle. And right now... I've been thrust into that because I didn't expect it. If I'd expected it, it wouldn't have been uncertain. But when we expect great things to happen, when we expect our unconditional faith to give us fruit, we have to also expect the unexpected. And so what I'm expecting is I'm expecting even more amazing things around the corner. I'm expecting you guys to share my podcast and tell other people about it. And this is going to be the springboard for so many great things and so many people that we're going to help as we move forward, as we talk about the mindset related to wealth building, as we talk about what goes into building a successful business, as we talk about how everyday people who didn't learn this stuff in school, we weren't taught it, we had to figure it out the hard way, as we talk about how we can do these things and all of you have equal opportunity today, finally. Now it doesn't matter what your race is. Now it doesn't matter what your religion is. It doesn't even really matter if you're physically capable because even the most handicapped can learn to succeed in business today online. Opportunity is greater today than it's ever been and that's the journey that we're on together and it's a privilege to be here with you. I'm on it with you. You're on it with me. Maybe I'm a little bit further down the road. I've actually built some of these things before. It might be a little bit of the guide and the guinea pig scenario here. I try some stuff out on you guys and you help me figure some stuff out. It is a process. It is a journey. It's absolutely uncertain. I have no idea what it's going to look like. But I do know this, I have absolute faith, I have absolutely unconditional belief 
that the next 10 years are going to be a hundred times better than the last 10 years. And you guys are part of it. Thank you for being here. I love and appreciate every one of you. The best is yet to come. We'll see you next time. Hey, folks, if you want to stay in touch and you want to be notified of every podcast episode that gets released, all you need to do is subscribe on Stitcher or subscribe on iTunes or any of the podcast directories. This podcast is available on all of them. And, of course, go over to thinkrichradio.com and sign up to be part of the mailing list, thinkrichradio.com, thinkrichradio.com. Got a free book for you over there, Think and Grow Rich, and you can sign up to be part of the mailing list so that we can stay in touch. Also, if you don't mind, share this on social media. Share it with your friends. Help us get the word out so that we can get some great momentum going and we can share with even more people what it means to change your mindset and change your thinking so that we can start to impact the world in ways that are positive and ways that count. <laughs>